It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Oh, H to the O V. I used to move snowflakes by the O Z. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Moving the Goalposts. I'm your host, Nick Mara. Today, Mike has uh, working. So we had to bring in yet another special guest. It's another Andrew, this time not Andrew McMichael, though. It's Andrew Meehan. Andrew uh, just started working with, uh, with me at iHeart Providence. Uh, we've been producing games and answering phone calls. So all that radio experience is going to hopefully the, pay off today. All the fun stuff, yeah. all the good stuff going and, on. <laughs> Andrew, how you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. It's a nice Saturday morning. Getting ready to talk some, uh, some sports, some football. It's a it's, prime time to do it. Hopefully, it's going to warm up a little bit, though. Yesterday was freezing cold. Eight degrees up at like eight o'clock this morning. So, oh, yeah, I might not leave my house today, Ben. I do for the URI game. So that's, that's true. Be- yeah, you, you got to broadcast that game. I uh, maybe I'll leave. Maybe I won't. I still have to work later tonight. And we have a hockey game that I got to coach in later tonight as well. But I can do that from my computer at home because they don't let us in the rink. You coach from home. Yeah, kind of. So I download, <laughs> we found out, no, 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 I'm serious. So we found out a way to download an app where it works like a walkie talkie, uh-huh. but it connects over like the internet. So either Wi-Fi or 5G, whatever. So one of the coaches will be on the bench. I typically am on the bench, but they're only allowing a certain number of people because uh, yeah. of the pandemic. So I'll have an earpiece on the bench and then we'll have another coach who's connected up in the stands and we'll just be able to communicate back and forth. It's pretty high tech. Well, I mean, the amount of stuff you can do over Zoom nowadays. I mean, look at us. We're doing a podcast over Zoom. And I mean, the craziest thing that I heard was that they were hiring babysitters over Zoom. Then this was like first quarantine. Like this is like the first couple of months of quarantine. So, hey, you know, but they're just going to like sit in front of their computer and watch a watch a child from. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like a uh, doesn't seem to be a smart uh, idea. A very high tech uh, baby monitor, but there's someone actually just sitting there. Nobody could hack that. Nobody could, you know, just hack that and start watching your kid. I would still be more concerned with like the child getting into like the knife drawer or something like that. How are you going to stop? How how are you going to stop a a little kid from doing that? Well, you hope the kid responds to yelling and screaming. But I mean, hey, you can if you could coach a hockey game over Zoom, then uh, you know what. It's this true. is the new norm. This it's is the new norm, I guess. Limit, limitless possibilities. Limitless possibilities. So, Andrew, let's uh, let's get into our first topic today. Um, there's been a lot of talk about quarterback movement in the NFL. I think, uh, obviously, the number one position in arguably the number one sport in the country. Mm. Uh, it seems like Deshaun Watson has been dominating the headlines. He really, really, really doesn't want to play in Houston anymore. I don't blame him. And uh, their new coach, was it Dan Culliver, Culliver, something like that? Yeah. Uh, and their general manager, Nick Casario, who's from the Patriots. They don't want to move him. And I don't know if they're bluffing or if they're trying to drive the price up or what they're doing. But it seems like we're on the verge of a, uh, a sticky situation down in Houston. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on that situation, uh, as well as some of the other situations with quarterbacks in the league. Well, it's a, it's a curious case with Deshaun Watson because now that he's in talks 
if you want to say like if he's in the quarterback ring right now, whether it's free agency or you know, whoever you want to talk about uh, in terms of trading, it's definitely going to make things interesting because Casario came out yesterday before anybody even asked any questions, because I'm sure that's what every reporter was going to ask them. He said, we have no interest in trading him. You know, we want to keep him. which if I were the Texans, why wouldn't you want to? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think if you obviously get a good enough deal, whatever a good enough deal would be, I mean, then, you know, I don't know, because Deshaun, now that Deshaun Watson is in that topic of conversation, he's the number one guy that you want to go to out of, out of anybody that's in there. I mean, I know you mentioned golf. That was the first time that I actually heard about golf being in any interest for any team. Uh, yeah. So there Stafford. was, uh, there, there was a report. I forget exactly who it was from, but there, there been, you know, murmurs coming out of Los Angeles that they're mm-hmm. willing to move on from golf. And, and I saw Stafford's name possibly coming up, or at least Stafford saying that Los Angeles would be a, a possible landing spot for him because he kind of controls his own destiny. Right. Right. It's, so now with Watson, it's got to be what is a good enough deal? Because this is arguably, again, the best quarterback that anybody could have for an option right now, if if you want to trade for him. But what is Houston willing to take on those deals and what are teams willing to give up? So when you look at a team like Jacksonville, the number one pick in the draft, Houston would get Trevor Lawrence and whatever is thrown into that deal. But the big thing is, is you get that number one draft and Trevor Lawrence. Right. Now, they talked about teams that Watson is interested in going to. The Jets, I don't really know what the Jets would have to give up. I forget what they're picking this year. They do have the second pick. The second, excuse me. They have the second, right. There was that whole thing. So they have the second pick. Obviously, you would give that up. Miami, and these are all teams, lucky for us, for us Pats fans, it's, you know, two teams in the East, uh, in the AFC, that are interested in Deshaun Watson. And if you want to include us in that conversation, but we'll get to the Pats after, you know, in a little bit. Yep. So with Watts, so with Miami, you give up Tua, and that's that's I'm interested in that because now we're talking about a guy who hasn't played football going into the 2020 season who had it who hasn't played a snap in a season of football in right. a year, and there were games over the course of that season. I know after a couple of weeks they switched over from Fitzpatrick to to Tua, and it worked out pretty decently. I'm not going to say that Tua didn't play up to probably the standards that he was expected to coming into the season. I think you got what you got out of him in Miami, but I looked to, I forget what week it was. They were playing the Raiders and they pulled two or they put Fitzpatrick in and he went on a game winning field goal. Right. So now I wonder how much is Miami willing to try to develop into Tua or just go for a guy that's already developed into Sean Watson and just start in a new, have him start in a new system. Well, I, I do think it's interesting if you were just going to compare Miami and New York. Obviously, New York probably has more that they can give up. They've got uh, the second overall pick. They've right. also got Sam Darnold. So if you're thinking you're going to acquire Deshaun Watson, you don't need Sam Darnold. So now you're right. giving up essentially two top five picks. And then New York has another pick later in the draft. I think they're picking at like 23 or something. Yep. That, that Jamal Adams trade that they worked with Seattle is going to pay huge dividends down the road, especially if they can, you know, figure things out quickly. And I like the the head coach uh, that they hired, Robert Sala. I think, you know, he's more of a defensive guy, but there is potential to hire somebody on the offensive side of the ball who can work closely with whatever quarterback they decide to go with. But with the Dolphins, it's 
going to be a little bit more of uh, an incentive, I think, to go after Watson because they're probably, they're not probably, they are a hell of a lot closer to not only making the playoffs, but competing for a championship than the Jets are. Uh, right. Well, what for Miami, they fell, what, one game short? Yeah. One or two games short. So Miami in the East is, they're up there with the Bills. Right now, they're the top, you know, the second team in the AFC East in terms of playoff talk. And they, you know, they were able to compete with some of those teams. That was a great, great series that they had in the series uh, game that they had against Kansas city, Oh yeah, you know, holding them against their own. So Miami's a lot closer than a lot of people probably think that they are. So now if you give up Tua to Houston, that's not exactly a terrible thing for Houston. You're just kind of starting over. And I think he does have the talent. I don't think Deshaun Watson level talent, but you could see down the road, but that's, that's the biggest thing that interests me about Miami is because they were kind of like in on Tua, but not in on Tua at the same time at certain parts over the course of this last season. The other team I think about with Deshaun Watson is what about the Eagles? Mm. So you give up Jalen Hurts because the Eagles are such a mess right now, which is why I don't blame McDaniels for, all right, I don't know if he didn't want to go or not, but I don't think he was. I don't don't think he can help it anymore. I think he's kind of dug himself such a hole. Well, again, because there was that whole thing with Indianapolis, you know, "Eh, I'm good to go. Eh, Never mind. I'm going to. I'm going to stick to where I am. And if, if he wants to be another coach in the, the head coach in the NFL, I think he's smart with sticking to with new England because any gig that he gets after this, it's going to be his last, if it doesn't go well. Um, but with the Eagles now, all right, you trade away Jalen hurts, you get to Sean Watson, but with the talk about the Eagles organization is that they are so in on Carson Wentz. And I don't know why I, d- I don't know why. Nothing, nothing against Carson Wentz, but he can't perform at the level that he used to. Not back when he was in 2017. So, so it's, that's actually super funny because at the beginning of uh, of our podcast, Mike and I had a conversation about Carson Wentz because we were we were both really big Carson Wentz guys. Like I looked at that 2017 season, so does Mike, and everybody really with a logical brain is like, well, if he doesn't get injured against the Rams, he goes on and wins the MVP. Mm-hmm. But they might not yeah. win the Super Bowl. You know, it is a, a strong possibility that the team does not rally around Nick Foles the way that they would have rallied around Carson Wentz. And clearly right. they didn't rally around Carson Wentz in the seasons following that. Oh, not at all. He's, the locker room is split right now between those two, between that team. Did you, I got to ask you a question. Did you happen to catch any of the, uh, the press conference when they introduced their new coach? No, I did not, but I'm interested to hear about it now that. I'm seeing how you're acting about it. So (laughs) let me put it to you this way. If you were to prepare a speech, right, or Mm. or any type of, as they used to call it in school, oral presentations, which I always thought was the most bizarre phrase to use for just talking to people in public. Right. Oral presentation. But anyway, I uh I'm watching this guy give his press conference and he's reading like directly from a piece of paper and he's fumbling over every third word. He's literally, he's literally Michael Scott. Like he's Michael Scott from the office. He's like this just guy who sits behind a desk probably and looks at numbers and calls plays. And the only reason they probably hired him is because he was the OC out in Indianapolis under Frank Reich. But Frank Reich's probably the one that's getting all the credit. Just because you're bringing somebody in from like that coaching tree that you wanted to keep in Philadelphia doesn't mean you're going to have the same level of success. And if you're going to be doing it just so that you can keep a guy like Carson Wentz, who's Mm. changing plays at the line just to spite his head coach because he doesn't like him, 
that makes me wonder how committed to the actual team their quarterback is. But I do like the idea of Jalen Hurts uh, going to Houston and Deshaun Watson possibly ending up in Philadelphia. But like you said, where does Carson Wentz end up? Because he's owed a lot of money and it's money that Philadelphia cannot get out of. Exactly. And I think, you know, Carson would end up on some team at some level. It'd be a hell of a rehabilitation project with Wentz. I mean, again, nothing against the guy. I just thought, you know, everybody else in the room thought that he had a, tor- a horrible season. Yeah. And then there was that whole thing with Peterson putting in, oh God, what was the backup's name that they, he pulled Hertz and put him in instead? Uh, uh, yeah. Damn. Names at the tip of my tongue, but but they but they was a, it was in week seventeen. They basically did it to like tank the season right. so that the Giants would. Which, as a Patriots fan, I'm not super angry that they decided to do that. But I the, right, see. the the Patriots fan side of me isn't, but the football fan side of me is kind of like, what the hell are you doing? It's a pretty shitty thing to do. Exactly, and so I think Carson will end up on some team. It's going to be a real rehabilitation project. Not saying that I think any team's going to turn him into a starter maybe even just bring him in for a workout. I think he could definitely be just a guy on your bench. But, in ter- yeah, so you give up Hurts. I mean, again, for the Eagles, that'd be a big momentum boost. I think that would kind of kind of dissipate that divide that you have in that locker yeah. room between guys that are for Wentz and guys that are for Hurts. So now, and- guys, we got rid of them. We have Deshaun Watson now. Can you work with that? Yeah, and if Philadelphia needed to throw in a little extra, I do think they are picking sixth overall. So no matter what, Houston's going to be getting a haul for Deshaun Watson. Uh, the right. same he's probably not going to be able to be said for someone like Matthew Stafford, who is still under contract in Detroit, but they've kind of they're on much better terms than than Watson and, and the Texans are. They've kind of mutually agreed to part ways. So whether that's through a trade or release, uh, that's to be determined. But it does seem like Stafford's at least going to end up in a place that's a little bit more suited for a uh, win now type quarterback. And I think that that might be where Watson wants to go, but uh, you know, do you have any thoughts on Stafford? I know that he's been linked to new England a lot and there was uh, maybe not a report, but a tweet that I saw in my endless uh, time on social media this week, trying to figure out the stock market about how right. to, uh, get Matthew Stafford on the Patriots without having to give up too much because New England's got the 15th overall pick. But are you going to need to necessarily give up that plus more to get a guy like Stafford? Well, I'm glad we're bringing New England into the conversation because they are not the top dog in this fight for Deshaun, for Deshaun Watson, at least. It's kind of, if you want to talk about just the quarterback carousel as a whole, Deshaun Watson would probably be their number one option. Number would, one guy would be their number one guy. And that goes for any team. Now, if you want to talk realistically, that falls right to Matthew Stafford, who in the realistic conversation is only my number two. But for Matthew Stafford, well, I mean, Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford, I mean, that's not even just age. I think, you know, talent-wise, I would pick Deshaun Watson if New England had the chips to make that deal. But I don't think they do. Not at least what... I think there's another guy that new england wants mm-hmm. that's going to be available that would cost Oops. even less don't say but, jimmy g mm, jimmy g he's going to end up in new england i wouldn't be upset i wouldn't be upset but i only hope that it works out i wouldn't hate it i wouldn't love it because this would be the ultimate like stickler for bill belichick to like exactly 
disbelievers. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. now he's now he's got the guy that he had to give up in 2017. He's got him back. He's a little, you know, under the weather, but you could pick up where you left off. Now, obviously, you got to get the tools that you have, you know, that right. you need to put around him. But that's a that's a whole nother scenario. Yeah, I mean, with, I wouldn't be upset if they got Jimmy G. I just don't like the fact that, you know, we saw how he performed in his first Super Bowl. I mean, Art, you, they play now. That was a run-first offense that he played on, right? Uh, so, you know, they played a great team in the Chiefs. So, just out of curiosity, then, why are you a Stafford guy? I think just health-wise. Um, again, you said that that win first mentality. I think Stafford has been longing for that mm. because I forget what the statistic was, but the, the lions have not been in the playoffs very much. No, I and think they've made it twice in his career. Exactly. Maybe only once actually. I'll look it up. I think, tw- I think twice, I think twice in like the past two decades. Yeah. So I think Stafford is aching to get somewhere that where he wants to win. Um, and, but again, Bill Belichick, he he wanted Jimmy G to be the guy. So I think it just comes down to what teams can they compete with in terms of dealing. Jimmy G would be much cheaper. Absolutely, he would. And I think he, that's, that is New England's best shot. I mean, we're not in that room. We can't tell who they want more. We can only go off of what has happened in the past. And again, you point all the dots right to Jimmy G after that 2017 season. You know, the rumors that Tom wanted. Jimmy G to go and Kraft was in on Tom and Bill was, you know, ultimately that worked out because they went and they got another Super Bowl the year afterwards. They were in the Super Bowl that year, unfortunately lost. I think you still made a good decision sticking with Tom. Oh yeah. But I mean, absolutely. Clearly it worked out better. He had once he had two Super Bowl appearances. He went one for two in the light in those two years. So yeah, I mean, Again, I wouldn't hate her to love it with Jimmy G. I just think Stafford, health-wise, better option, a l- probably a little bit more uh, that you'd have to put into that deal, which New England, again, just doesn't have. Uh, man, there was another point that I had that lost my train of thought. Well, you know, I was listening to the radio this week, and they were talking about what New England needs out of a quarterback. And I think this year, it, it, it was a totally different year, obviously, you know, you, you bring in yeah. a guy like Cam Newton for an offense that was built on, you know, a short passing game, timing routes, things like that. And right. Cam Newton's, I, there may have been a misconception among fans that he was going to come in and run all over the place. Cam, I mean, he can run, but he's not like a Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson no. type runner. He's, he's more a big, that, like, he's a big body. He's exactly. a big body. That's hard to take down. And I think his run game was where it was at this, this year. I think you got out, you got what you could out of him. Throwing the ball was, not where it should have been at all. It was awful. It was awful. I mean, it, it, and it was so funny because after the Seattle game where Edelman had a career high game, Nikhil Harry had a career high game. Mm-hmm. I think Demir Bird had a career high. There were three receivers that had a career high games with Cam Newton. Yep. Now, granted, we later would find out that Seattle's defense was just awful and couldn't, you know, play in those big spots. Not good enough, at least to pursue, you know, to uh, go forward in the playoffs. But I mean, early in the year, they haven't gone through right. that stretch where they're losing all their confidence. I mean, this is Jamal Adams second game in a Seahawks uniform. You'd be thinking that they're coming right. out with, you know, some fire under them. And I think they did get better once they acquired. Was it uh, Carlos Dunlap? Yeah. Yeah. They started. It's, it was certainly after that. I mean, 
that that was a win. That was a win in a lot of you know the eyes of the Patri- you know Patriots nation. And I thought it was. I did not expect them to be at all where they were at that game. They lost by one point. Now you don't run you know Cam Newton up the you know, to the side and up the middle Again. on that last play. Everybody you know everybody in that stadium knew what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. Right right play call. I just think it was poor design. Way too obvious. But. I mean, yeah, you found out that Cam could still throw the ball. He was slinging it that entire game. Raiders, he kind of fell off a little bit, was still making some good throws. Week one, I mean, there was it was totally just run, run, yeah, run, run, run. Kind of figuring season. things out, yeah. Right. It was that high school offense. And I think, you know, I think Jim Murray, you know, I don't, you know I'm not huge on his takes, but <laughs> I think big Jim Murray said it the best at the beginning of the season. I think before the season even started that, give him credit at 98.5, the sports hub. Um, it was kind of that situation of, yeah, I'm drunk. You're ugly. Let's, you know, let's see what happens. <laughs> it's never, like, I've never heard that take. Before, you never heard that? that? No, but that is so right. That's exactly it's, it's it. right. Now it's it a question of who was drunk and who was ugly, but it's, it's 1.30, a.m. The bar's about to close. Everybody's getting ready to leave and you're just trying yep. to find someone to go home with. Yeah. Who's going to take me home? That's an it was incredible take home. analogy. I, and I think I, now I don't blame the Pats for making that move. I don't. I mean, I know a lot of people are trying to talk up Stidham in the uh, off season, or whatever you want to call this past off season with no OTAs and barely a training camp. You know, they were talking up Stidham, but they signed Cam and they went with him the entire season. And I think Bill just knew that this season was kind of, and if any, any season you want to be a throwaway season, this it was one. clearly the 2020 season. No crowds, no this, no that. I just wish that he would admit it. Like, just just admit it. Just be honest for one moment where you can say, hey, you know what? This is a season where we didn't know what to expect. We had a lot of opt-outs on the defensive side of the ball. We were trying to transition from you know Tom Brady and 20 years of winning to a new identity. Right. And I think that was the number one thing that this team failed to pick up over the course of the season was a true identity. And they went through that stretch right in the middle where Newton goes down from COVID. And they play the game against Kansas City. Brian Hoyer, I don't know if he's going to be in the NFL anymore. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. I think you bring it back as your your quarterback's coach, assistant quarterback's coach. I think, you know, you'd be good at that position. He's a fantastic quarterback coach. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Look at the guys that he's he's helped uh, lead to Super Bowls, right? Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. uh, Absolutely. Uh. He's like Alex Smith 2.0. Yep. I mean, I think not it's really. <laughs> see, I think the COVID, I think they weren't mentally ready for a lot of what they were going to have to go through. For and sure. I think missing a guy like Tom Brady in the locker room, well, not in 2018, I would say Brady in the locker room, because there are some rumors that he was, you know, there are 2019 actually, excuse me, that he was uh, already checked out before they even won their last Super Bowl. He was kind of checked out. So I think missing a guy like Brady, missing a guy like Hightower, who is kind of your center on the defense. I know mm-hmm. McCordy can kind of be that, but they different guys Chung are going to lean on. They didn't have Chung either. I think they missed guys that they could lean on the most. And I it's it's I think it's perfectly normal that they had this type of season transitioning away from Brady. I think it was a smart move because again, I don't think you're any better than you really were with Brady this season. And that's only because they just didn't have the tools at all. 
Right. There were even like there were even talks in the middle of the season for us with Cam Newton that guys were that guys weren't even open that he maybe he was he had plenty of time in the pocket and he was moving around a little bit but nobody was open. I mean you're talking about a receiving core with Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers, who Jacoby Myers was your number one receiver this year. He just he's he's a three on a good team. He's a three on a good team, but on this team this year he was number one. And I think mm-hmm. you definitely don't like it. You don't you definitely do not let go of him at all. Over this offseason, you keep him. Nikhil Harry, Gunnar Olszewski, who you never even really saw out there. He scored one touchdown just at the end of a 45, you know, to nothing blowout against the Chargers. It's, again, whoever they're going to bring in, they got to bring in the tools, whether that's a draft. I mean, <laughs> granted, the last couple of receivers they drafted in the, you know, this they is, drafted were not the best. So, you know what, though, Andrew, this this is one of the nice things about this draft coming up. Mm. Last draft as well, but they didn't take advantage of it. Lots of really good receivers available. Lots of very good receivers available, and they'll be available in that middle of the round because I don't think everybody's going to want to go up and and necessarily grab a Devontae Smith or a Jamar Chase in the top five, top ten when there's so many quarterbacks available also. And there's two positions that the Patriots need, and those are two of the deepest positions in this draft. That's why I really don't want them to give up their first-round pick. Right. And that's... See, if you're going to bring in a quarterback, that's ultimately what you're probably going to have to give up. Whether it's Stafford, Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is probably the only quarterback where you have your best option of not giving up a number one draft pick. And that's by a, like this small of a margin. Mm-hmm. Not a very not a very open window for that to happen. Because again, who knows what the 49ers are going to... They're going to want to... They're probably going to want to pick somebody in that first round for a quarterback to get rid of Jimmy G. But you you kind of have that leeway of, yeah, well, he's injured. He missed this time, you know, blah, 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 blah. You kind of have that leeway to work against the 49ers. But if you're talking about a quarterback that you're not going to have to give up that first-round pick for, it's probably Jimmy G, but it's not by a very, very open window of that opportunity. Yeah, you know, if there was one thing that I kind of picked up over the course of this season, it's just how important it is for the relationship between the quarterback and the head coach to be on good terms. Right. Because if there's any type of dissension or disagreement, you're screwed. Because mm-hmm. Garoppolo wasn't necessarily a problem in San Francisco, but now we're starting to hear that he's not a big fan of what Kyle Shanahan turned him into. He right. took away his ability to throw the ball, and he throws a pretty good ball. He just might not always make the best decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I was... So I went back and actually I watched his 20, oh God, what year was it? 2016 highlights when Brady was in his four game suspension. Mm-hmm. Now that Arizona game wasn't the prettiest uh, for Jimmy G. Miami, Miami was good. Now granted his first for the you know, NFL start that he played. Right. For, uh, for Miami, I think, I think it was pretty good. I think he could throw the ball again, that Super Bowl, uh, that 49er Super Bowl team that we saw last year was run first. I mean, as a coach, you're gonna you're gonna do what is best. You're gonna do what wins. And I think I don't blame any coach for having that type of run game to make those kinds of decisions. So if Jimmy G had a problem with that, I mean, I don't think you want to do what it takes to win then. But after last season, I I would kind of get that argument, I guess. Um, but again, Jimmy G missed some time. So yeah, I mean that quarterback relationship with the organization overall. I mean, look what's happening in Houston with Deshaun Watson. It comes down to that, and I think. I think it's probably Jimmy G losing more interest in the 49ers and they're probably losing interest in him. All right. So a guy that's not going to move, but there were some murmurs at the beginning of, of this past week 
uh, just based on what he said on on certain shows and interviews. Aaron Rodgers, uh, mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers go to their second straight NFC Championship game, lose their second straight NFC Championship game. They drafted uh, Jordan Love last year in the first round, and it seems as though they're getting ready to transition from their franchise quarterback and move on to the next generation. Uh, they're I think it was either their their president or general manager, whatever they do out in Wisconsin, because they're a publicly owned team. Right. Still blows my mind. Um, but he said it we're not moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers seemed to kind of walk back on his comments a couple of days later, saying, Oh, you know, I kind of got caught up in the emotions of the situation. It's a slow news day, but I don't think that everything is all sunshine and daisies in Green Bay between their quarterbacks and head between their quarterback and head coach. So, right, you know, and we'll, I would we'll probably what happens there. I would think that that would be coming more from the Aaron Rodgers camp. Um, you know, a lot of people obviously knew that him and Mike McCarthy did not get along. Uh, what was their last year together? It was 20, uh, 2017, right? I think they moved, or it might have been twenty eighteen that they moved. Twenty eighteen, they moved on from Mike McCarthy. Um, you know, and they bring in Kyle Shanahan, which everything for that 28, uh, 2019 season into 2020 looked pretty good for him and, uh, and for Rodgers and Shanahan. I mean, you were on the cusp of, of another uh, Super Bowl. I mean, you played a very good 49ers team. But I think now it's probably coming more from the Rodgers camp because maybe he expected more a better relationship with Shanahan after the whole Mike McCarthy uh, issue. And it's probably not turning into what Rodgers had a – uh, envisioned in the last couple of years. I mean, you take you're back to where you were with Mike McCarthy, where you were after you won your Super Bowl in 2010. So you're making all these what several, Jesus, eight conference championships. I think it was or seven. I think this was his might have been his fifth, but it was his first one in Green Bay. His first one at really how oh, many? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of probably. I'm thinking of just overall playoff appearances, not conference so championships. See. 2010, they went to the conference championship. They won. Yep. 2014, they went to the conference championship and lost. 2016, I think they won. 16, they went and lost to Atlanta. Yep. And then I think they also went in. Yeah. So then they went in 19 and 20. Yeah. So this was his fifth. All right, so it's fifth. I might have been thinking of some other divisional games. But that's still a lot of games. Oh, in the past decade, yeah. That's half of them. Yeah. So, in a Super Bowl win. So, you're right back to where you were with McCarthy after you won that after you won your Super Bowl in 2010. You're not you're not getting past the conference championship, which is why if I'm a team, any team looking at Aaron Rodgers, you're no doubtedly getting a talented QB. There's no question in that. But are you getting a QB that can pull your team past the conference championship. I think, I think Bill Belichick could probably have a big, you know, a big impact in that on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but again, it's yeah, he, you know, he'll get your team there, but can he get it past him? Can he get you to the Super Bowl? We've only seen that happen once. Um, so that's, that's what I'm on the fence about with Aaron Rodgers. Would I love that if new England got him? Yeah, absolutely. Talented QB <laughs> un- unquestionably. I mean, anything's better than Cam Newton at this point. Yeah, but yeah. but now you're questioning yourself, all right, if we're able to pull it off, if we're able to get to the divisional, if we're able to get to the conference championship, can we get to the Super Bowl? That's your biggest question with Aaron Rodgers because you haven't been able to do that in the past four conference championships that you've been to. Yeah. And obviously, like even as a big Tom Brady fan, mm-hmm. 
I acknowledge that it takes more than just a quarterback to win a game. Right, right. The the problem is when you've been to that game so many times and you keep losing. Yep. You're kind of like, well, what's the common denominator? Is it everybody else that you're playing with or is it you? Yeah. And I, I would never turn down Aaron Rodgers ever. No, I mean, unless, I don't think anybody I had, would. Unless I had like a Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, like that type of thing. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that probably leads us into uh, what everybody's looking forward to, which is Super Bowl 55, not 45, which I thought it was last week when I was writing my headlines. Yeah. <laughs> and then got yelled at for not knowing what Super Bowl it was being 10 years too late. Uh, but it's going to be a, a fantastic quarterback matchup. Maybe the greatest quarterback matchup of all time in a Super Bowl between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making their second Super Bowl in franchise history. They obviously they won it back in 2002. Kansas City Chiefs defending Super Bowl champions, uh, looking to go back to back for the first time since the 03-04 Patriots did it under Tom Brady when they beat Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles. Andy Reid obviously now is the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of legacies are going to be impacted come, you know, next week. Yep. It's, uh, I'm telling you, man, I just want a clean, fair match. <laughs> I just want yeah. a clean, fair game. It's, it's really tough to kind of figure out who you want to root for as a Pats fan because you're thinking about how Brady's got to hold the line against, you know, if the Chiefs win it, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be right up there with you winning back-to-back Super Bowls. Right. You look at the uh, 03 and the 04 Patriots team um, just starting out that dynasty. It's it's really a big question of who has more to lose. Now, if we look at Tom Brady and he loses the Super Bowl, now a lot of people are going to come out and say, oh, yeah, he could win. You know, he can get there without Belichick, but he can't win the big game without him. That's going to be that story. That's what's going to be on the media if he doesn't win. If Mahomes doesn't win, he's going to be looked at as not being able to beat out a great like Tom Brady in the Super right. Bowl. We saw him, you know, against him in the conference championship. It's a whole different story in overtime. If Patrick Mahomes get the ball, gets the ball back, granted how well uh, the defense on the Patriots side of the ball was playing in that game. It's a whole different story if Patrick Mahomes gets that ball in overtime. But, you know, that's just how the rules played out. So it's such a huge question of just who has more to lose because again, a lot of legacies at stake, you know, even for Andy Reed, I think he's, I think he's got a long way to go, not a long way to go, but a long road ahead of him to be in the conversation with Belichick, but this is only going to help his case. He's going to win back. He could win back to back Super Bowls, And, you know, I think he's got to do it another four more times. Uh, And then we could talk about him and Belichick, but there's so much questions. Uh, There's a lot of question of just who has more to lose. And really, equally, they all do. They all have the same amount to lose. I mean, I really didn't even think about it like that, but you're 100% right. Going into this game, who's got less pressure on them? It's probably Tampa Bay and 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 Brady. Yeah. And that's right where they would want to be. Like, we're going into this game. We're playing at home. We're loose. We have yep. all the confidence in the world in our quarterback. We've been able to, you know, turn our team around from a 7-9 and nine, uh not quite disaster of a franchise, but historically Tampa has been a disaster of a franchise. Yeah. I would and say now, just a losing franchise. Yeah. But they're 60 minutes away from a championship. Yeah. It's like one of the greatest turnarounds in a single season in NFL history. And I do think you can credit it all to one guy. I Bruce do. Arians, right? Yeah. He's a fantastic leader. 
Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Jesus, you see what you saw, what he did in Arizona. I mean, God bless the guy for what he's been through, but, uh, right. I mean, oh man, I don't know if you heard it the other day. I uh, was listening on the radio and they were playing clips of, uh, Arians talking on some radio station down in, uh, down in Tampa. And they were asking him like, Oh, you're able to pull this off. Uh, you know, you're going to ride off into the sunset with your, you know, with uh, one Super Bowl win. And he's like, Oh, no, hell no. I'm going for number two. It's like, All right, all right. Win your first one and yeah, then right? let's have that conversation. Because again, there is one reason why you're at the Super Bowl this year, one reason only. And that's Tom Brady. Believe me, I hated it when he left here. I mean, because everybody was trying to figure out who was it more of that wanted to, you know, make, you know, the divorce happen. But you're only there because of Tom. Tom Brady's at the point of his career, he doesn't need a coach. Right. He just doesn't because, and now granted, who did he learn that football knowledge from over exactly. the past 20 years? So it, it was funny too, because Arians basically said that in one of his press conferences last week where he's like, yeah, I just let him coach. Exactly. You, I let him do what New England didn't. Well, because that's the point of his career. Nick, you and I could coach that team and we'd be going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. If, if, if my top three receivers were Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. I still had a viable Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Bree, and then I could hand the ball off to Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette. Mm. And then my defense is is as good as they are with the personnel that they have. Yeah, it's it's going to be difficult to lose games. But when you're winning games against the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers on the road in the playoffs, yep. it is pretty impressive. And, you know, Brady only gets to do so much on the field. So right. credit's you know, give credit where it's due. Arians has at least done a good enough job in bringing everybody together and not making it so much about one guy that the other superstars on the team get, for lack of a better term, butthurt over it. Right, right. And I think it's, I think it's a little bit of an underachievement that they were only 11 and five. And, and now granted that there's no OTAs and there's barely a summer. Well, there, for them, there are OTAs. They got together a lot. They got together a lot more than probably other teams did. And I think a lot of that had to do with Brady. Yeah. Not, and, and I'm not saying they were breaking, like, I'm sure that they were following COVID protocol and all this. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not so much, but hey, I mean, not, not enough to get in trouble with the NFL. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Exactly. But I mean, not to the standard of like the NFL was cracking down on them and saying, hey, what are you guys doing? Get back. You know, you guys can't be together. I think, you know, there was that whole thing of Brady trespassing on a on a park and uh, walking into the stranger's house with a bag of footballs thinking it was Byron Leftwich. And he's just like sitting there in the kitchen. (laughs) There's that, too. And I think it's a little suspect that there was no, you know, punishment. NFL wise for that because you weren't allowed to meet with personnel, but I don't know. I don't work for the NFL, so I'm not in that. So real quick, I said to Mike in our, in our episode last week, this is maybe the least I've heard both from and about Roger Goodell in a decade. And I don't know if that's a good thing because I guarantee there was a lot of shit that they swept under the rug this season, just so that they could get their 256 games in 17 weeks and be able to play the Super Bowl on February 7th. Yeah, I think it's incredible that they were able able to get this season in. Um, you know, I think they did what they did a pretty good job of kind of keeping a lot of their COVID issues, you know, under control. I think a lot of it was suspect, but you know, they, the Tennessee yeah. Titans, you know, that was a little uh, strange. Only getting they, a slap yeah, on the wrist. They they did a good job of handling the COVID situation and making sure that 
you know, I think the transmission was as limited as possible, but they fucked over a lot of teams, mainly the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. Yeah. Now, they, yeah. they essentially played 18 consecutive weeks without taking a week yep. off. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, I mean, hey, you know, these these teams that, you know, they signed up for that, that they, they knew that it was a possibility. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like, you know, everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's dealing with that. And a lot of people, a lot of people were cracking down on the Patriots when they were, you know, sort of complaining about, well, when are we going to play Denver? When are we going to play Kansas City? You know, when is our quarterback going to come back? It's like, well, everybody's in the same boat. A lot of teams were able to get away with some stuff and not have really COVID touch their team at all yeah. at Tampa Bay. They had no issues, no issues whatsoever. And I've barely seen Tom Brady wear a mask ever. I've ne- so, I never seen him wear a mask. Nope, never. Ever. And it once. was when they were celebrating their conference championship and they were handing out the trophy and everything, everybody behind him was pretty much masked up. Like even there's there are other superstars. Like yeah. I think I saw uh oh, what's his name? I don't know if it, I don't think it was Sue, but it was someone on the defensive side of the ball and he was wearing a mask. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of I wouldn't expect him to be wearing a mask either. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Brady just does whatever he wants. You know, hey, again, it's just it comes down to like, listen, I mean, I'm all about wearing your mask and everything, and it's you know got to keep you know people safe but if the nfl is saying like hey you got to wear your mask on the sideline you're going to get fined again every camera angle that i probably watched of brady this year no masks none but Belichick you know, was go- wearing two masks sometimes brady yeah. doesn't have to wear any yeah i mean i think that had a lot to do with him just probably you know being what he's uh 68 67 something yeah, like that he's old yeah so i mean you know, if I was if I was a coach at his at his age in the NFL around those guys, I'd probably do the same. But this Super Bowl, man, I, it's again, it's just a question of who's gonna who has you know more to lose. It's gonna be. I think we're gonna probably get a shootout here. I think yeah, we're gonna I, get an offensive shootout. I think that's fair to say. You know, <clears throat> regardless of how good the t- the defenses are, regardless of how good they are. And I actually don't know who the better defense is personnel wise. I would say it's obviously Tampa Bay, but Kansas City's put together some pretty impressive performances like how they played against Buffalo and Josh Allen wasn't necessarily the Josh Allen that we had seen in 2020 up until that point. Right. But you know, they resisted, they put something in front of him that he had to go up against and they did their job. The offense obviously is going to do their job. And just to kind of like change gears a little bit, we'll switch over to Kansas city. I don't see anybody beating them. I just, I, this is the type of year and it's happened in the other three major sports. It's happened in, in hockey, basketball, baseball, all the top seeds, all the number one teams in the league. It's all been chalk. They've all won championships. Tampa Bay right. lightning did it in the NHL. Los Angeles Lakers did it in the NBA. Los Angeles Dodgers did it in the MLB. I think the Kansas city chiefs are probably going to do it in the NFL. I don't necessarily, not even necessarily. I don't want them to, right. But how do you stop them? It's, it's a very, I, I, again, you're the offenses, I think are very similar talent wise. They are. Um, I think the biggest difference is probably the quarterback and age. I would, I guess you could say still very talented, but I guess, mm-hmm. again, Mahomes is a lot more mobile than, uh, than Brady is you can do more, can do more. So, and I think Kansas city is missing two of their tackles. So you're kind of lucky that Mahomes can can be as mobile as he can, but then you got to pay attention to that foot that he's dealing with. And I guess the word is is that they're going to reassess it after the offseason, see if they you know need to go in there and surgically do anything. 
but I guess, you know, now they're just going to try to numb it up, <clears throat> excuse me, numb it up and try to, you know, just to essentially put no feeling in that foot so he can get through that game. But again, when it comes to mobility for Mahomes, that's where you're going to be looking at is that, uh, that foot, obviously there were no issues with his concussion or getting choked out, whatever the hell you want to call it that happened during, during the Browns game. <laughs> Andrew, they would, they would say in the NHL, it was an upper body injury, right? That's what they would call it. Absolutely. I mean, Hey, you know, you good. How many fingers am I holding up? Get back out there. You're fine. Now, actually, you know what? This is what I'll bring up. So obviously we're still dealing with COVID. Mm-hmm. What if Brady or Mahomes gets it? Are you still playing on February 6th? They will postpone the game. I guarantee you 100% they will postpone the game. They will come up with some bullshit excuse as to why they couldn't play. They'll say like, oh, the facility was infected, and that's why this guy got it. Right. But Because a lot of people would argue, oh, play the game. It's like if, you know, did something in practice, and it's like, not really, but you know what? kind of get the better? I mean, under these circumstances, I would – make the case that postponing the game would not be the worst thing in the world, but I do understand why some people would feel the way that they do, you know, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you played through every regular season playoff game up until this point. And now you're going to wait. Well, it's right. like, yeah, cause this is the last game. We could play this game in fucking August if we wanted to. Yeah. It's because you look in the off se- or the off season, the regular season and all right. So look at the Patriots, for example, and they lost, <laughs> Who else but Cam New into COVID uh, going into Kansas City? And, I mean, I think he won that game with anybody at quarterback besides Brian Hoyer. Um, and the defense was playing on just another level that that whole night. They were awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot of people are saying, oh, but we were without New. And, you know, how the, how could the NFL do that to us? All for Mahomes. They postponed it until, until uh, Mahomes was good to go. And then they'd play the game. But now it's like, well, you got Brady and you got Mahomes. So if one of them gets COVID, uh, you're going to postpone the game for either of those teams. Yeah, they played a game this year. Not they, but the NFL had a game this year where one team didn't have a quarterback. Denver Broncos. Literally no quarterback. No QBs. And I think they wanted to one of their position coaches was a quarterback in the NFL or something and they went, they went to the NFL and said, "Hey, can we suit up our uh, our you know, one of our position coaches?" And the NFL said, "No." <laughs> Like, are you kidding? You look at uh, look at Bill Belichick's dad for the Detroit Lions. He was the friggin' equipment manager, and they said, "Do you want to play fullback for a game?" The NFL let him play football. Let him play know. the let him play the football game. Yeah, I forget what team. I forget what it was on. It was on one of the documentaries, but they were like, Lions. "Yeah, you want to play full? You want to play fullback for a day?" And uh, he scored two touchdowns. Really? Yeah. I mean, granted, this is back in like 1930, whatever, but <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's kind of like. You look at the Broncos and it's like, hey, can we suit up one of our coaches? And they were just like, yeah, no. <laughs> Good luck finding a quarterback. Different era. I'm telling you. People are soft now. Yeah. What are you going to so, do? <laughs> suit them up and get out there. No, I, I think they would They would probably postpone the game. If you get Brady or Mahomes that ends up testing positive for COVID. Yeah. Either that, they would postpone the game or they would sweep the positive test under the rug. As long as they're not showing symptoms, I could see. Oh, if they're asymptomatic. Yeah. I mean, you just hope that kind of doesn't leak out there. Um, I mean, what isn't the, wasn't, what hasn't the NFL tried to sweep up, sweep under the rug beforehand, right? Yeah. 
I could, I could <laughs> one hundred. I mean, would you put it past them that that's already happened this year? That there have been players, no. superstar players, that have tested positive, but they've felt good enough and they haven't shown signs of symptoms, and they're like, no. well, maybe it's it a past. false positive. No, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, because the funny thing about COVID is, I mean, Jesus, you could, you could have the flu, but people are going to think you have COVID. You could sneeze, people are think you're going to have COVID. You could be sweating. And you know, oh, you got a fever, you have COVID. Yep. That's that's kind of the kicker about it. Uh, look at Stephon Gilmore. He played that Kansas City game the next day after, two days after that, he tested positive. And then that whole thing that came out about him, you know, talking to Mahomes after the game, Mahomes, I mean, Jesus, you know, right. with God as his witness, didn't test positive for COVID. Look at uh, look at Notre Dame when they beat Clemson in the regular season. Yeah. And, you know, double overtime. You have fans, you have hundreds of fans storming the field. I thought that the, there we go. That's the ultimate Petri dish. Yep. Notre Dame season is over, man. It's done. No COVID cases. But again, what was, you know, now we're, now we're talking NCAA. What they sweep under the rug. Oh, you man. talk about dirty. The NCAA <laughs> is super I mean, dirty. So it's, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some, you know, borderline, uh, you know, don't test him. He's good. He's just, he's just got a, he's got something stuck in his throat. Throw him out there. Have you taken a COVID test yet? I have not. I took my first one yesterday. Really? Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Where they stick the Q-tip into the nose, down the throat. So they let me do it. It was, uh, it was like a rapid test. Mm -hmm. And I think it was an, it was an asymptomatic rapid test. So if I had been showing symptoms, I I still would have assumed that it would have tested positive, but either way, uh, it's basically just a large Q-tip that you put in your nose, like an inch up into your nose, swish it around five times, do the other side, swish it around five times. And then you just like deposit it into some like piece of paper. They mix it with the liquid. And in 15 minutes, it tells you the result. I I had to do it for, for hockey. And uh, the athletic director was like, uh, yeah. So if you don't hear from me in the next hour, then you're good to go. So I'm assuming it's not even, not even that they call you at all. It's I'm just ass- like no news yeah. is good news. I'm assuming at least that I've tested uh, tested negative, but see that's and that's the thing about those rapid tests is you don't really know. Right. Now, I mean, if I were <laughs> the only way you're getting me to go to a testing site is if I actually like need to. Yeah. I would definitely be curious. I want to do the antibody test because I was sick in February. I thought you were gonna say I want to do the anal test. <laughs> Did you Definitely see that not that. <laughs> Did you see that? that Are they testing that COVID-wise? <laughs> yes. Because I ain't getting that one. Yes. Well, I mean, if it gives you a more <laughs> a more exact result, then it might be worth it. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'll. You can stick six Q Q tips down my throat. To, to and, each his own. my nose. Yeah. But uh, I haven't been to a testing site yet. But I was. See, I want to do the antibody test because I was sick in February after the Super Bowl and. That was the first time in a while that I had had like a fever. I was walking to class and I'm like, okay, yeah, and I need to go back home because this is not good. I'm, you know, sweating over here. Right. But that was the first time, like when I get sick during this time of year, like it's just the regular, like <clears throat> have a sneeze and then, you know, I'm good in like two days. But that was like I had a fever. My cough lasted two-ish weeks. Like there would just be periods where I was coughing, you know, a little bit, not that bad. But I would definitely do the antibody test. Yeah, I uh... but- <laughs> unless i'm on my deathbed then yeah i'll go to a COVID site and get tested you, you might as well at that point i think it's yeah. free right I think, yeah why not this no is- you're here because you know close contact no i just you know for shits and giggles i kind of <laughs> want to see if i have COVID. it's not not the worst thing in the world 
No, I couldn't imagine being these players that have to get tested every, every. single day. There were, uh, I think in some sports, right as they started to resume, they were testing twice a day. They were testing like before mm-hmm. practice and then after practice. And like their yeah. before practice test was the rapid test. And then their after practice test was the one that took like 24 hours. And that's the one that's more accurate. Right. So it's like, well, we're going to guess that you don't have COVID and let you participate, but we're going to know for sure tomorrow that you didn't have it, but you will have already come in contact with the other 52 guys on the roster. So, Right. And I know a lot of people make that argument of like, oh, well, they're getting tested so many times. They don't really need to wear a mask. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, they are in a controlled environment. You're not NBA bubble in Orlando or NHL, you know, in Toronto Toronto and Edmonton. At Edmonton, you're not at that level yet, but you are in a controlled environment. The only X factor in those is you're going home to your families and what are your families going to grocery stores. And that's obviously probably the average contact nowadays between really anybody. I mean, I, I don't go out to restaurants a whole lot. I don't do this like anymore because of what's going on, but still going to grocery stores and still touching keypads for debit cards and everything Mm -hmm. that other people are touching. So that's the only X factor with like coming back to, all right, well, you still got to wear your masks in the facilities because yeah, you get tested a lot and yeah, you're testing negative a lot, but you never know. You got to keep that. You got to keep that uh, as controlled as possible. So I know there's been a lot of argument of like, Oh, they're in a controlled environment. And it's like, no, they are. And they aren't. You know, there's, there's only so much you can control on a microscopic level. Yeah. And yeah. germs, germs and bacteria tend to be microscopic. Exactly. I think it's, it's kind of like if we got, it'd be no different if you and me were going to the station in Providence and yeah. we just happened to, we're still getting tested, but we still, you know, we got to wear our masks in the, in the studio, yeah. regardless yeah. if it's just me or you're there with me or whoever. I, I wiped down last night, even though I knew for a fact that I had tested negative on a rapid test, but it better right. safe than sorry. I'm going to tell you right now, wiping down in the studio, I feel like I'm defusing a bomb, especially, especially <laughs> when I have so, to like the nooks it, and crannies in between the buttons and you don't want to press something by accident. Yeah. It's not even like the board is fine because there's nothing really on the board at that point. It's more so the next gen computer wiping yes. down that keyboard. I'm just like gracefully gracefully just gonna wipe this down and nothing is gonna go off that shouldn't go off right now just looking at b101's macro i'm just like yep don't stop believing you keep playing we're good fucking playing we're going to the top all right so we got a little bit of time left i don't know if you're a prediction guy or not yeah that's so i've essentially made my prediction already but uh super bowl 55 it's going to be happening we hope February 7th, uh, next Sunday in Tampa, Tampa, of course, is going to be, uh, the first home team to host the Super Bowl in history. Does that give them an advantage? I know they're letting about like 22,000. So it's about 30% capacity into the stands, but Super Bowl crowds are usually like not super rowdy. Right. Well, you got to take it off. What do you think is going to happen though? So, I wouldn't even, if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm not treating this as a home game. It's nice to talk about like, yeah, we could win it in Tampa, but I wouldn't treat it as this is just your regular old home game, regular season, because I think a lot of those fans aren't going to be, they're probably going to mostly be Tampa, you know, Tom Brady fans or Kansas city fans. 
Um, I like what you did there. Tom Brady fans or Kansas City fans. Well, no, just like actually just legitimately, I think, well, I think they're going to get a lot of bandwagon fans for Tampa Bay. But I, I say that as in you're not going to get, you know, your, your regular crowd that's only from Tampa right. because you got to think about, you know, season ticket holders. They're the ones who get a pretty good, decent deal, you know, getting Super Bowl tickets. I think 7,500 them, 7,500 of them are going to be vaccinated healthcare workers. Yep, I saw that. Definitely not just going to be from Tampa. I'm sure they're going to be from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so those could just be regular old football. Those could be Denver Broncos fans for all for all you know Raiders fans. Um, so I'm not treat if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm not treating this as yeah we're playing at home. Like no, I'm treating this as like yeah it'd be cool to win it in Tampa, but this is still the Super Bowl. Whether it's Tampa, Timbuktu, this is the game that we're playing. So I think that's really the most pressure on Tampa Bay as a as a team mm-hmm. is just playing in Tampa. So I would even I, I would even consider if, if I'm the Buccaneers. Yeah, we're going to go into a hotel for the final like three days before the Super Bowl. You guys right. aren't going to be going back home. We're, we're going into a hotel and we're going to treat it like, you know, game day prep for an actual championship as if we had to go to a neutral site. Right. And now that I forget who brought it up, but. So you are you're at home for this two weeks up until you get in that hotel room for whatever, you know, for the fifth, you know, five minutes that you're going to be there. Right. You know, if I'm all these teams, I know Brady has his parents coming to town. That's going to be a lot of a distraction because you're at your you're at your own house. You're not a hotel away from everybody else. And, you know, then they come for family day and you take a couple of pictures on the field, which I don't think will happen this year either. But, yeah, you're going to invite people. Yeah, you're going to invite people to your house. You're going to invite the family over. They're going to be at the game. Brady is Mahomes and the Chiefs don't have that. Um, I wouldn't even call it an advantage. They don't have that distraction, which is good for Kansas City. I don't. I don't want my family there. I want the guys. You could come to the game, but for these two weeks, like I'm going to shut my phone off and don't talk to me. Like I got to go prepare for this game. That's and, that would be my mentality. Yeah. But these, I'm, I'm. I think a lot of these guys on Tampa Bay, they're going to get a little. Uh, they're probably going to get a little ahead of themselves, not thinking that, you know, oh, I got this in the bag. Yeah. They're probably just going to think like, oh, yeah, you know, you want to come? Yeah, come stay at my place. You know, we're good. And then you guys can go to the game. That's going to be an ultimate distraction for Tampa Bay. There's a lot of guys that have never been there before on Tampa's roster. And I think right. Kansas City returned like 21 of 22 starters from last year's Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, it's I'm looking forward to the matchup uh, a lot. I, I have high hopes for this Super Bowl. I think this is the best game that the NFL could have hoped for. Uh, a, a great exclamation point on a season that, you know, may not be remembered by many, but uh, I think this game will probably go down in history. Like I said, I, I don't see anybody stopping the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think that their offense is too good. Their defense is playing too well. There are too many circumstances where the continuity that they have is going to play to their advantage. The fact that it's not a true home game for the Buccaneers probably makes things a little bit easier for them as well. Right. Really, the only negative that they have is, A, they've never beat Tom Brady in the playoffs, even though it's only been one game. And B, uh, you have like a kind of injured Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. That's it. That I mean, that's yeah, that's really the only pressure that you have besides, again, just going back to back. And I think you Kansas City's got it in for them. 
uh, you know, I think I don't want to say that their backs are up against the wall, but they are certainly carrying a heavy load heading into this one. I, if I was looking at the odds right now, um, so money line, they're only a minus 168 favorite, hmm. but for the spread, it's for right now, it's three to three and a half points for, for the spread. Hmm. So I think you're gonna, I think we're in for a shootout. I think you're going to look at a, uh, kind of like a 2017 Pats versus Eagles shootout Yeah, uh, that, you know, those game the both those scores for each team going into double digits into the 30s i don't know if it'll get to the 30s but you know we look at their what was their last matchup over the season i want to say that was kind of like an interesting one though because that was the game where i think tyreek hill went off for like 200 yards in the first quarter yeah oh my god he oh my god yeah he he went off in that first quarter he had like a i want to say at least two touchdowns so uh todd bull if you're listening uh, put an extra guy on him, maybe over the top. I would say don't let Tyreek Hill beat you and maybe don't let Travis Kelsey beat you mm-hmm. and make Mahomes depend on the other guys that he has to throw to. And you are going to give yourself a better chance of winning. Yeah. So when they played back in November, it was only 27 to 24. That's actually a smaller deficit than I than I thought it was. I thought they only lost. I thought Tampa Bay lost by at least a touchdown. I didn't think they only lost by three points but i think casey probably started to kind of because i think they had opened up a lead and tampa came back a little bit so that score might be a little deceiving but the total is a lot lower than i would have expected right i i just i'm preparing myself for a shootout i don't know who i want to root for yet i've i said go redskins or excuse me i said go I said go wash. I knew I was going to do that because I was like, watch, I'm going to, I'm going to bring up the Washington game against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. And I'm going to say, don't say it again. Not what they're called. <laughs> Excuse me. Washington. It's their first year. Everybody, come on. They're going to have a first. new name next year anyway. Maybe they might as well keep Washington football team. I think it's, it's sticking with them. It's so, funny. so when they played, I, when they played Washington, I said, go Washington. When they played the saints, go saints. When they played the Packers go, I'm not saying it. I'm not wow. saying it. I'm not saying it. I think I think they played a different Saints team, you know, without Taysom Hill, without who is it, LaShawn McCoy, that Kamara uh, Latavius Luzon, Murray. Excuse me, Latavius Murray, uh, who uh, Alvin Kamara, I think, would lean on to take some of those uh, reps in mm-hmm. the game. I think he played a very different uh, Saints team. And not, not letting them off the hook, they made their mistakes. I mean, that fumble over the middle with the tight end was, was uh, very costly. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Packers, again, I just think it comes down to Aaron Rodgers still stuck in his conference championship, you know, wonderland of just not being able to get past that game. I think he had a chance. I do put a lot of the, I do put a good amount of blame on him. I mean, you know, you run that ball uh, down in your red zone on that second down, your third and what two from the goal. If yeah. you run it on that third down, you probably get in, you know, get in for a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know, man, this Kansas City team, again, it's that offense that I just really, really think is going to, you know, again, it's just going to be, you know, a shootout. That's all, all right, I can so, say. So you think it's going to be a shootout. Who do you think is going to win? Kansas City. I think Kansas City by exactly what the spread is, three. No more yeah. than three. You so know, I think, it's, I think it's going to come down to that. Who can make that one defensive play? Who can make that strip sack? Who can make that interception in the last five no more than five minutes left in the fourth quarter who can make who can make that decision who who can make that play 
I think that's what it's going to come down to. I'd be very, I'd be very surprised if either of these teams defensively dominate each other. I could see each team forcing turnovers though, because yeah, Tampa Bay's defense has done that over the last two weeks, and their offense has taken advantage of it. Right. I could also see, you know, the way that their offense has been playing. It's you know, no risk it, no biscuit, as Bruce Arians likes to say. We're going to throw the ball down the field and. Right. You know, they were, they threw three interceptions on three consecutive drives last week. Yeah. You're going to tell me that that isn't a possibility of happening again. I right. can at least see one interception and maybe a fumble here or there. Well, those interceptions by Brady last week were just atrocious. Mm. Atrocious, excuse me. Um, he, yeah, especially that last was was the third one. Mike Evans over the middle where it went right through his hands. I think in a high that ball. Was the third one. That was the third one. All right. I think he might have been going to either. Godwin or Miller, where he just Brady just lobbed it up there, and it was uh, gee, I think it was like five yard, five yards behind whoever he was throwing it to. So I I kind of honestly I don't know how well Kansas City's secondary truly is good enough to shut down the Bills last week for uh, for what they did. You know, a player especially when you got Stephon Diggs uh, in your in your lineup on offense. So, but if we want to talk about secondaries when we look at Tampa Bay's defense for the past, you know, few playoffs games that they've been in against the Redskins against, especially against the saints and the Packers, you fucking rush, did it rush, again. rush <laughs> against Washington and against <laughs> just, just keep, the saints. Just, you gotta just keep in your mind, the football team, the, the football, football team. team against what sport the do they play football. What are they? A team, the football team. It's all right. You can, you can cut it out. At least this isn't live. <laughs> oh, hell, hell of a way to. To be completely honest with you, every single time I hear somebody say the Redskins on the radio and they're like, I didn't mean to say the. Uh, no, actually, I, I, they'll say the Washington and then they'll say football team. Oh, I almost said the Redskins. And then they're like, I keep. You just said it. <laughs> we're going yeah, to get there at some point. This is the first time that I've had, even had to talk about Washington. <laughs> it's I mean, yeah, it's. So when they when you played against Washington and you played against the Saints and the Packers, you blitzed and you rushed the hell out of them, which I think you're going to do against Kansas City again, especially when you got a mo- the best mobile quarterback that you're probably going to play against in these four teams that you're playing in the playoffs mm-hmm. out of these four teams. Now, give credit to Heineke where Heineke is due. That guy can run the ball. Um, what am I seeing him back in New England? So. As a workout, as a workout, bring okay. it in. All I right, think it'd right. be, I think it'd be interesting. Okay, but hey, I mean, he ran, he ran the ball all over Tampa Bay that game, which I think you're going to have to use Mahomes for in this one too. But against Aaron Rodgers, they blitzed him a lot. They sacked him, Jesus, what four or five times. Mm. So you're going to have to do that against against Tampa Bay, and I think again they're down a couple of linemen on Kansas City's side of the ball. But that sec so that secondary is just can be atro- it can be atrocious at times. Devontae Adams wasn't great in that game, but he was still able to you know get we get you know get a couple of yards. Yeah, get yeah. a couple you know get a few passes. Yeah, in. I mean he, he he wasn't he didn't take the game over like he probably would have had to in order for Green Bay to win it. Yeah, but he gave them a chance to win. Right. I mean that throw out of the back of, out of the corner of the end zone by Rodgers. I think that was to Adams on a it was like third and. The, I want to say it was third and 12 and yeah. he just threw it out of the corner of the end zone and 
it was, you know, uh, who, who else but Devontae Adams first down. So, again, I'm worried about that secondary for Tampa Bay. That's their, that's their Achilles heel, besides being one of the most undisciplined teams in football, which I think they turned around in their, you know, last seven games of their, of their game. But this is the Super Bowl, and Kansas City is a team that can get under your skin. Look at a, Did you see the clip of uh, Josh Allen getting sacked? Yes. And he took the ball and he tossed it into the face mask of, I forget whoever the hell sacked him. So yeah. clearly they were getting under the Bills' skin. And this is a team in Tampa Bay that you could really try to piss them off. You could really, because again, the, the refs aren't going to see the first act. They're not going to see who threw the first punch. They're going to see who threw the second one. Yep. So if I'm Mike Evans, if I'm Antonio Brown, if I'm Tom Brady, I'm looking at those two and I'm saying, whatever they say to you, shut the F up yes. and get back in the huddle because we're not losing this fucking game. We're not. Cool it. Cool it. Cool it. Cool the shenanigans. They're trying to get under your skin. Get back in the huddle. This is a team that you can really try to piss off. And not and not in a way of, oh, we can play pissed off. Like just that is going to make some stupid decisions. Well, I do think that we are on the same page as far as the result in taking Kansas City. Um, you know, maybe by the time the game comes around, you'll finally realize it's okay to root for Tom Brady. He's not wearing a jersey. No, I have. I have. I mean, I can't again, I hated it when he left. I still kind of do. Because again, you know, it's Pat's nation or nothing, but I am also a football fan. So no, I, I, I've never denied his greatness. It's more so over the whole season when looking at Tampa Bay, I believed in Tom Brady, but I didn't believe in the bucks only because just historically they have not been anywhere in the past couple of years. And again, give all the credit to a lot of the credit to Brady. I think it also has to, I think a lot of it has to do with the tools that he has around him. If, you know, he could have those tools in New England and still be here and maybe that'd be us in the, you know, in the playoffs. But, you know, we'll never know that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, no, I I can't deny his greatness. I never could. I never could. I never did. Again, I just I looked at Brady this entire season. I said, yeah, he could still win. I don't know if he can win with the Bucks though, because, you know, we'll, we'll get there. But, hey, I never doubted his greatness. His 10th Super Bowl appearance. If people still want to argue that he's not the greatest of all time, that's just the most arrogant shit ever then. <laughs> Max Kellerman, you know, admitted that he's an idiot. So I think everybody else can. He did. He's, he's the he's the go. When he comes back to retire his number in New England and, you know, get the gold jacket and the red jacket, I'll still love him the same. For so sure. If he wins, I won't be upset. <laughs> Andrew, it is tradition at the end of every episode of Moving the Goalposts to uh, give people a little sneak peek into what we're looking forward to over the course of the week. Typically, our episodes air on Mondays, so there's usually a game or two that we're looking forward to or maybe uh, an event that's happening. Uh, I know I might be kind of springing this on you last second, so I will go first. We call it our final blow, right? And my final blow for this week is going to be the next episode of WandaVision. I don't know if you've been watching it. I don't know if you're oh, like an MCU man. guy or not. Yeah, yeah, totally. I haven't watched. I haven't watched last night's episode yet. But okay. So what I will say is, more gets revealed. We still. Uh, I saw. A, I saw. A pro, I saw a promo where. So well, we both saw last Friday's episode where. Uh, Spoilers for anybody who wants to watch it and hasn't watched it up until we'll call it up until episode four. But this is specifically episode three. Yeah. Uh, What what the hell is her name? The agent that got 
booted out of the out of the show. Rambo, kinda, Monica Rambo. Yeah, that got yeeted by Wanda out of the. Uh, Geraldine, as she's known inside the bubble. Geraldine. Okay, so uh, when I saw her get thrown out of wherever the hell Wanda and Vision, if he's alive, is Westview. West Westview. I can, I can answer every single one of these questions for you if you want. Well, I, well, I meant as in terms of whatever is like where projecting, they are. Yep. Yeah. Whatever's like projecting that whole thing because you can like Westview is actually, it's like an actual town in the show, but it's all like, it's all like ruins and stuff. It's like, it's like a physical place. And yeah. it's like, you look at like, Oh, well this is clearly abandoned, but in Wanda's world, it's like, Oh, this is like a TV show. Um, so when I saw her get thrown out of, uh, of that, I, you know, when the cars are coming in and like, it's all, I, I was like, is this, well, shield's not a thing anymore. Is like, what's going on? Who's, you know, who are these guys? So I saw the promo where uh, the girl from uh, Thor, all the Thor movies comes back and I'm like, Oh, okay. What's going on here? So I don't know. I didn't see Wanda yet. I saw a spoiler though of uh, vision's actual status. Yes. After Infinity War. So yes. that kind of, I wanted to throw my phone out the window after I saw that on TikTok. Uh, yes. I don't know, man. I'm excited. Well, yeah. The, uh, it, it's, it's the first show that they've released on Disney Plus. I think they were supposed to be releasing the uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon show beforehand, which yeah. maybe would have explained a little bit more and people would have understood what was going on. But, oh, but because you probably would have gotten that, you know, the usual Marvel uh, uh, post credit scene yeah. at the end of the show, though, you would have got something that leads into it. Marvel always does that, which I keep thinking every single time they go to these credits because they're so long. There's going to be a post credit scene. There's not. Yeah, I, I wait anyway. I mean, yeah. I can rewind or fast forward if I want. It's no big deal. I think I think next they're going to come out with Loki. I'm not sure. Should be but, good. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about all the content that they're going to be releasing. I'm a big Marvel fan. I'm a big comic book fan, superhero fan, all that type of stuff. I think they've done a great job. And oh, my God. Fantastic. Everybody's oh my still God. inside. So we have, I heard, uh, every single week in the year 2021, except for, I think, five, there is new Marvel content that will be released. I'm ex- I'm especially excited, especially excited for uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm mm. a big Captain America f- guy. Uh, I I don't know why, but yeah, you know, that's just always the hero that I lean towards. Um, but oh man, they're coming out with some good stuff. You just can't. I know a lot of people are like, eh, it's always the same stuff, and it's like it's really not though. It's one big story. Yeah, this is <laughs> very a, different. It's a franchise that's getting things right. DC ain't doing that. DC can't get their shit together. Not that I ever liked DC, but you know they came out with some good movies. So DC's big. <laughs> this is this is so DC. Uh, their 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 big production this year is going to be uh, Justice League, which was a movie that came out four years ago. Yeah. Uh, but now it's going to be the actual director's special cut. It's going to be a four-hour film that they're going to release on HBO Max. That thing's going to be four hours. Yeah. I'm going to watch that in parts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. That's ridiculous. It is. See, That doesn't make me excited because again, DC just hasn't, mm, I haven't even seen the Joker. I think it's like, I don't know. Have you ever seen taxi driver with Robert De Niro? Yeah. I think so. It's that, but with clown. Uh, 
it's good though. Like, I like. Oh, it. I mean, I I, th- I think Joaquin did a great job from what I'm hearing. I just haven't for DC like nothing really. I like I liked all the Batman Begins movies yeah, with Christian Nolan Bale. Stuff. Yeah. But when Ben Affleck came out as Batman, I was a little turned off. I'm looking forward to the Robert Pattinson Batman movie though. That one looks pretty good based on the trailer that they showed us. Yeah, that that looks a little bit more promising. I think DC's trying to play a little catch up, but they got a long way to go if they want to ever ever be mentioned in the conversation with Marvel. Very long way to go. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's probably going to do it for this episode. This was episode 30 of Moving the Goalposts. We had our special guest uh, host today, Andrew Meehan. Andrew, do you have any social media or anything that you wanted to plug for the listeners? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That lovely voice crack at the end of that one. Um, My voice cracks at least once an episode. I mean, if you want to catch me on Instagram, uh, Meehan underscore AJ. So M-E-E-H-A-N underscore AJ. not a lot of whole, not a whole lot goes on there. <laughs> I post stuff to my story, but that's cool. You want to go see some nice photos of uh, family and stuff like that? Go, it's, go ahead. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> you can, as always, guys. You can check me out on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nick Mara ninety four. Please, please listen uh, or not listen. Follow along on the other social media profiles. Uh, you can catch uh, moving the goalposts also on Twitter and Instagram at moving the posts. Andrew, this was fun. Hopefully we'll be able to do this uh, another time, maybe sometime soon. Maybe we can get Mike in. We'll do our, uh, our third man in segment. Uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about, even though the football season's ending. Things just are, they don't slow down in, uh, in 2021. So hey man, cool. there's, there's no day off and uh, there's no breaks in radio. So, and podcasting. So yeah, we're going to finish up this NFL season on a good note. I think they're going to get that game in. Uh, you know, we got an exciting NHL and NBA season on our hands and maybe the MLB can uh, get their shit together. I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in them. <laughs> All right, All right, man, but yeah, it was, a, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Thanks everybody for listening uh, again. Check us out on uh, Twitter and Instagram at moving the posts. Uh, usually I say Mike till next time. And then he says later brother. And then I say peace. <laughs> Tell your story.